friends. Welcome to Originality Podcast. I'm your host, Jessica Dalton. And with me today is the incredible producer of the show, Amanda Foster. Hey, guys. Today, I am so excited. I've had so much anticipation, preparation, just all the things putting into the research and the prayer and we're doing the type episode it's it's type one so uh today we're gonna be talking about enneagram type one and uh over the next few months we're gonna be releasing episodes on each enneagram number and really trying our very hardest to boil it down make it really concise so that way Um, You don't have to go listen to a whole book to figure out what your Enneagram type is. You can listen to some short episodes uh, of maybe you've narrowed down your type to two or three and you can, you know, find out in 10, 15 minutes really clearly like this is either I relate to this type or I don't because it's going to be really clear that this is what this type is. So we're going to be starting with uh, 20 words that concisely describe each Enneagram type. So, 20 words that concisely describe Enneagram Type 1. Serious, persevering, hardworking, improving, idealistic, thorough, meticulous, conscientious, integrous, pure, trustworthy, responsible, passionate, balanced, justice, order, critical, correct, practical, and discerning. So um, in preparation for this episode, I spent a lot of time um, reading a lot of books, taking a lot of notes, and I wrote down words that just showed up over and over again. And these were some of those words. So um, Amanda, were there any words that particularly stood out to you that like, oh yeah, like I really, yeah, that that makes sense. Like that's a type one. Um, I thought it was interesting that the first word was serious. And I was like, as a very enthusiastic three, I was like, man, is that a, what I want to be, um, serious? That'd be one of my words. And I, but I thought about how there's weight to the ones that I know there to, to the things that they do and they're, their passions. And so it's not a bad word. It's not. They're serious because they really, really care. They really care that things are done right. Things are done well because they really care about people. They want to help people, but they also want things to be efficient and to make things better for things to be done the best that they can. And that's not a bad desire. And I'm so grateful that we have people like that in the world. At the same time, ones go to seven in health and they're not serious all the time. Like you get a one on a mm. vacation and they're super spontaneous and playful because they left all their responsibilities at home. They don't have to worry about that right now. So all that creativity and spontaneity and playfulness just comes to the surface. And we're going to talk about that a little bit more, but certainly that is a part of a one. Like they are still spontaneous, creative people, and they can express more that side of their personality as they grow and as they heal and the healthier that they are, the less serious they are, the less heavy that seriousness is. So I love that you pointed that out. So next, we're going to be talking about the four primary defining characteristics of type ones. Number one, uh, they're rule followers. 
Uh, ones work hard and they follow the rules and expect everyone else to as well. It's really important to them that, you know, rules are set in place, that they're clear, they're clearly communicated. Everybody's on the same page. And they, I think for ones, it really, it creates safety for them and for everybody else. To them, it's really important that everyone is treated exactly the same way, that there's consistency in how people, um, how people are promoted, how justice is expressed. Like that's definitely a core characteristic of ones that they care about the rules you're not gonna find a lot of type ones in jail (laughs) like that's just not where you're gonna find them that that whole idea of following the rules that idea in the Enneagram and it depends on people's wounding everybody's different but it's kind of taught that it's because of a subconscious motivation to prove that they're worthy of love At some point growing up, a one felt love or they were told they were doing a good job when they were a good kid, when they followed the rules and they really felt like if I can just be good, then I'll be worthy of being loved if loved, if I'm good enough. Hmm. And so they work really hard um, to perfect themselves so that they can be worthy of love. So, yeah. So, but because of this adherence to the rules, one's increase the standards for excellence and integrity. They have super high standards for themselves, but you know, you tend to become like the people you hang around with and they definitely raise the standard. Um, and they, they, they tend to improve things. Hmm. That's really interesting. That's a lot of weight to, to put on yourself. I feel like, yeah, it is a lot of weight. And I think, um, you know, as we learn about the Enneagram, we can learn to have compassion for what is going on behind the scenes, not just um, sometimes we just see people's behavior, but we don't understand the motivation. And mm-hmm. um, I think ones do carry a lot of weight and and a lot of care. Yeah, because having someone in your life who is focused on that is focused on being right, doing the right thing, always being excellent. Um, when you don't understand their motivation, it could sometimes be a burden on you because they're calling you into that. And I know that there's challenging people in my life. And sometimes I just want to say, okay, chill out, calm down. It's fine. You mm-hmm. know? Um, but to them, it really is serious and it's, it's a big value and, and that's, that's good. Um, but also to have compassion for where they're coming from, um, and why it's such a big value to them that that can help us probably have some better interactions and be able to respond in more loving ways when it seems like what they are demanding of us is a little too much. Yeah. And, and what happens a lot of time with type ones is that standard that they have for themselves, they um, can project that on others and, and people can feel judged because they feel like there's a right way to do things. And Mm -hmm. that's something that ones run into a lot is they feel really misunderstood because they're not judging others. They just have high standards for themselves and they're trying to just be themselves and share their heart. And people walk away feeling like, Oh, they've been, they're so critical of me. They're so judgmental of me, but it's really just that they struggle so much with um, being very self-critical, which leads us to point two of the our second core characteristic about type one is their harsh inner critic. Ones believe their inner critic has their best interest at heart. 
So they give their harsh inner critic a megaphone and the inner critic crushes ones with the weight of impossible perfectionism and suppression of one's natural feelings, desires, and impulses. So that's really heavy. Uh, Dang. It's a really heavy statement, but I think, um, you know, maybe some other personality types, I think we all have to some degree an inner critic. Some people don't have as much of one, but I think different personality types, depending on your wounding, tend to give more weight to the voice of the inner critic. And one's really, they just hand the inner critic a megaphone and they're like, I really believe you have my best interest at heart. And so even though you're saying all these awful things that I would never personally say to a child, (laughs) um, I'm going to believe that you have my best interest at heart. So even though you tell me I'm not good enough or I'm not this or I'm not that, or I need to do this and this and this in order to be good enough or to be perfect, I'm going to listen to this inner critic because, um, I, I want to be better. And I, I believe that I need to be better to be loved. Mm. And so it is really heavy and it's really sad. And, and I think, I think everyone can relate to that. I think we can all learn from all of the types. And some of it is our own inner voice and how how we speak to ourselves. And some of it is the voice of the enemy coming to um, speak lies and destroy us. And we come into agreement with the lies of the enemy and we perpetuate that towards ourselves. There's a message that Abby Stoomball did. She's a speaker out of Bethel. And she talked about you if she talked to her assistant the way that uh, a lot of people talk to themselves, <laughs> mm. you know, saying, oh, you're no good and you did bad at this and you never do anything right and you do this and you do this and then told the assistant, OK, come on, let's go now. Let's go change the world. Well, that person's not going to want to serve her very well. So uh, moving on to uh, point three of the third primary defining characteristic of type ones uh, is frustration and resentment. So um, their constant awareness of imperfection can make ones very frustrated with the world around them and resentful towards others for not caring as much as they do. This can cause a lot of anger to well up in ones, but they suppress anger since they view it as an unacceptable emotion. So when they suppress that anger, it comes out sideways and they, they don't seem like angry people or resentful people because they're, they want to be good. So they don't, they don't give space for their anger, but they, they keep boiling it down and boiling it down until, um, it just explodes. And so they have to learn to, um, we'll get into more and how uh, here in a minute on how ones can grow, but learning to make space for that emotion is really important um, because and uh, in, in, yeah, learning that um, anger isn't inherently bad. It's there to tell them something. And then uh, number four, uh, the fourth primary defining characteristics of type ones, ones tend to direct their anger towards justice causes or social reformation because that's a, an appropriate way to express anger. You know, you're, you're so aware of imperfection everywhere and in yourself and your heart on yourself, but you keep pushing that anger down. It's got to come up somewhere. And so when they see injustice, oh, that's something that's not right it locks into that anger that they've been pushing down and they can become some of the most incredible leaders and proponents of change for the good. And it's one of the most incredible things about ones is they really do make things better. They really do fight for justice and advocate for justice. They're just going to do it within 
the proper system. They're going to go through the law, not against the law. They're not going to start a rebellion. They're going to they're going to go through the process and and advocate through the process. That's the four primary defining characteristics of type ones. They follow the rules. They have a harsh inner critic. They tend to struggle with with this undercurrent of frustration and resentment that they push down. And then they they really focus on social justice causes. And it's, it's a really high value for them that everyone do their part to contribute to making things right. So they don't just do it themselves, but they really are great at getting people on board. That's it for today. That is our Enneagram Type 1 Part 1 episode. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you learned from it. I hope that it was a blessing to you. We will be continuing this conversation in our Type 1 Part 2 episode coming out next week. So be sure to subscribe so that way you don't miss it. I would just want to take a minute and thank everyone who has been praying for us and um, sharing and listening to the podcast. Thank you so much for your support. It means the world. I am so grateful and I absolutely could not do this without you. Um, if you loved this episode, if it ministered to you, or if you learned something new today, please leave a review on iTunes or follow us on Instagram. The podcast is at Originality Podcast, or you can follow me at Jess Loves Personality for all kinds of fun Enneagram tips and graphics. We have lots of really great content coming your way very soon. I would like to close out our time together with a quote from C.S. Lewis. No man who bothers about with originality will ever be original. Whereas, if you simply try to tell the truth, you will become original without ever having noticed it. Until next time.